Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Time and Relative Opinions in Space. Yes, remember the title. Get in. And we are here today to discuss season two finale, a double episode, uh, Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. And with me, as always, my faithful companion, La Clara, to my 11th Doctor, it is... Mr. Sean Campbell, everybody. Hey, how's, that, how's that for... Uh, I just saw some tumbleweed going across. But yeah. how's, how's that for an introduction? Well, yeah, 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 the heart was in the right place. I appreciate it. Well, you know, I'm a bit heartless, really. You nailed it. You nailed really it care. as well. Congratulations. <laughs> do I let you do the intros? Because it's the thing you're good at. No, you just like to. <laughs> you just like me to f- try and forget what the uh, we call the bloody thing, don't you? It's the highlight of my week. <laughs> Why we came up with such a convoluted title? I'll never it's not that now. convoluted. <laughs> it is to me, I'm old. Just the TARDIS. Please. Well, I can't. I can't remember what I walked into the kitchen for, let alone a title for a podcast. Uh, and maybe I need to get you like what was that game on the DS called Brain Training or something? That's yeah, that's it. That's what we're gonna get you. I can't remember what the guy was called, but anyway. Yeah, but I can remember where to find that secret sword in The Witcher. But anything in real life are important. You know, I've got <laughs> that sitting on my PlayStation downloaded, and I just haven't touched it. Missing out, mate. Yeah, got it for free as well, basically. Can it play? We can do a Witcher part. Yeah, look look forward to that in 2025. All, yeah, all, all, you know, imagine five listeners tuning into that one. Yeah, <laughs> two of them's just like Nathan and, I don't know. Your missus. <laughs> oh, well, probably, yeah. All right. But yeah, so wow. up for who? Got a cracking episode. One of my favourites, to be honest. I know you'll probably find something to moan about, but, you know. That's why you love me. <laughs> you are the David... Uh, and McCutcheon of um, Rogue Opinions. I like to think I'm a bit happier than that. <laughs> I love the fact he's moaned on Twitter about, oh, Kenny Omega's just become a glorified stuntman since he's left New Japan. But the thing is, you can't blame anyone because he's a VP, so he's basically booking himself. So it's nobody's fault but Kenny Omega's. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was implying it was, to be fair. No, no, I know that, I know that. But what I mean is, just because someone's not being put the way he wants, he gets upset about it. But, you know, can't always have what you want. Well, you can't. To be fair, I love that much. Not the pod for it, but I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked it as well. It it perhaps could have done with being about 15 minutes shorter, but it kept me going. I mean, some matches that are 10 minutes, I can be like, playing with my phone but this one kept me engaged all the way through anyway we don't want to go yeah, on the tangent God. about wrestling because <laughs> we might put off some of our listeners we've got about 20 odd but <clears throat> <clears throat> anyway anyway let's get back on track um yeah army of ghosts uh, it's, what do you think of the opening monologue by um, Rose Tyler? Well, yeah, I liked it. 
just to give some personal background on this episode as well, I would, these two episodes, I'd credit them for getting me probably hooked on Doctor Who. So if it wasn't for these episodes, we wouldn't be sitting here talking, Carl. So maybe they've gone down in your estimation. I don't know. No, no. I mean, I'd like to claim the same, but unfortunately it was episodes uh, probably about 20, 20 years beforehand that got me uh, properly hooked. Well, not quite, but they were about. Seeing the opening monologue, it's good. Yeah, like to, you get Rose standing in this, like on this sort of like beachfront. That's where they represent the afterlife. And yeah, I like this. I like like this. I like the score in as well. That's uh, very well done. The, oh, oh, oh. I mean, I can't do it, but you get the picture. Just, I mean, it's, it's as if I had the episode on there. Maybe. That was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> If that if our wrestling monologue didn't get people turning off, that probably did. Were you singing? <laughs> I thought you had the soundtrack. Or... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a type this is a type of content that turns it from twenty to forty. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. What's those numbers dwindle? We'll be like uh, NXT ratings during uh, the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> Except they won't pick back up. <laughs> well, they will. Yes. Uh, we've got we've got the was it the family and uh, Blink to do. I mean, that's like bringing that's that'd like, be like bringing the Rock in. That is. Yeah, that's like when they advertise the Rock or someone on for a for a return. Thing. They can listen to us say "Um, yeah" a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sorry. Opening monologue. It's good, yeah. You get a little um, a competition. Just a little bit of personal trivia on these. When I was younger, I always thought they took these out of older episodes, and I was really oh, right. I couldn't find them. They haven't. But like when I was younger, I'd try to watch episodes and be like, "Well, where was that bit from?" And it was only when I got older I realized, "Oh no, they just they just scenes that they wrote for this episode." Yeah, but I can see how you uh, you know a, a young Sean would make that mistake. To be fair. It's not beyond um, BBC to use stock footage to save money. <laughs> yeah. Well, they used the intro at, uh, from season two of The Apprentice at one point in this episode. That's a bit of trivia I found out. Oh, right. right. <clears throat> but yeah, um, nice, nice opening monologue. She sort of explains who she is, talks about um, Torchwood and this being the, the day she died. She does say something like that, doesn't she? Yeah, she says, this is the story of how I died. Yeah, I have written that in my notes, but then I thought, she doesn't actually die, so have I got that right and I panicked? Well, yeah, yeah. but I think you're supposed to go into these episodes, like when they were, when we're watching, like, I remember when I was a kid, especially because, like, so these were only the, the second and third episodes I'd seen. So as far as I was concerned watching this, like, anyone could have died at any moment, you know what I mean? Because the illusion of, like, yeah. sort of TV and story still worked. I mean, I like shows that do that. I mean... Yeah, it gives you a greater sense of peril. A lot of these um, shows with ensemble casts, you know, the main people in the opening credits, uh, more often than not, aren't gonna get um, get killed. But there are a few shows that you know the main character kill off a few main characters, and you think, oh Christ, anybody could uh, anybody could go. Twenty fours a, a good example of that. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, Game of Thrones was kind of famous. yeah. Yeah. wasn't it where people would just die left right and center basically but i mean i think doctor who gets, gets around it quite well by all the episodes have i mean well not all the episodes but a good chunk of the episodes have good supporting characters like this yeah. one actually to be fair so and you know 
and you know his companions always change quite regularly as well so you can, you're never absolutely 100% sure they're going to make it through every episode which, which is good it's not like somebody's been in the show for 10 years and you think ah, they're not, they're not going to die they'll be fine it's also uh, this is jumping ahead a bit to when David Tennant leaves but a lot of people didn't like how dramatic they made his every generation but I like it because Again, it goes back to having the stakes. It's like, well, if he doesn't care about regenerating, why would he care if he was in a life or death situation? Because he would just yeah. regenerate. But if you add sort of emotion to the regeneration, and it's not something that he likes to do, then it adds tension for him. I mean, I like the touch he went back to see some of his old friends and companions, but I, I did feel it was the actual um, regeneration was a bit drawn out, in, in, in my opinion. But. Um, there we go. We'll, we'll uh, talk about that when we get to it. I'm sure that'll be an episode uh, we'll cover. Oh, yes, we'll get there. But anyway, yeah, we're back in London um, visiting Jackie, Rose's mum, and she tells the Doctor and Rose that she's been in touch with her uh, granddad, is it Patents or something? Granddad Prentice. Prentice, that's it. I can't read my own bloody writing. It, me and names, eh? Christ, yep. I might as well just as give usual. Up. With granddad mate. <laughs> With granddad call. Um, shut up. <laughs> I've got eight weeks left in my 30s. I don't need any age jokes. Thank you very much. Um, but then uh, Rose tells the doctor, I think mum's losing her marbles. Granddad died 10 years ago. Yeah, I love how Jackie just drops it in that a dead granddad's coming out to visit without any explanation and just walks off into the kitchen to make a cup of tea. But the thing is, uh, it's it's been a while since they've touched back down to base, so to speak. And this is uh, this ghost thing's become uh, quite normalised as we see. We see like um, all it is is like a a ghostly figure and a, a humanoid shape. It, it could literally be anything. But I suppose maybe it would be a human thing to. Uh, Trying to convince yourself it's a loved one coming back to you, well, it perhaps. Would. It's, it's not so much that she thinks it's a loved one. It's more that she just says it to Rose, who's had no experience with it, and just expects Rose to be like, oh, yeah, really? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit strange. Hardly yeah, episode-breaking, but... Maybe if Rose... it come and it first started happening, but it's been going on, you know, it's been going on quite a while, and you see... Um, there's even a, a four, like a weather forecast, a ghost forecast. It's been incorporated in all sorts of um, TV shows. We see uh, a cameo from Barbara Windsor because there's uh, it's been worked into a story like the Standards, which they probably would it? do. They probably would do. Get out of my Bob! Dirty Den back from the dead. I bet you. I bet you thought I'd put it back on again, then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, it's unbelievable. This. You get everything, yeah. <laughs> Singing impressions. The next, the next, Rory Bremner. But it's it's funny. It is a funny scene in all seriousness. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's when he's flicking through all the channels. I like the ghost watch. There's a yeah, ghost watch is a a little like Trisha Goddard. Um, yeah. Program of a he's cat. my ghost, and I love him. <laughs> <Yeah. Ghost. laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just absolute genius. It really is. But in in fairness to one of the things I do, like it was a nice little touch, I thought, is the Doctor seemed more concerned that people aren't panicking. Yeah, yeah. Like, you found it more worrying that everyone was just sort of calm and composed and was just like, oh, yeah, this 
this Saturday now. It's loved ones coming back, John. What what else could it be? Yeah, but um, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, we also see um, tor- the Torchwood Institute and they're um, using some sort of science fiction equipment to, to measure um, these uh, ghostly appearances, aren't they? It actually yeah, happens on... Go on. So they cause them, don't they, from their skyscrapers? They cause them to... They can they power up this sort of dead space yeah in the torchwood tower and that creates all these ghosts yeah it's basically them trying to work out what this mysterious fear is that they've uh, they've got down in their basement and every time they try and do something to that um it's causing these uh, ghostly apparitions to appear yeah uh, we get a quick glimpse of that mysterious fear, but nothing much is said about it. Um, nothing much is said about it at the beginning. Uh, did you have any ideas what it might be at that point? Uh, uh, no, I, I, I mean, no. Uh, I mean, I. I mean, I was ten, and I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> not that much of a gap, is there? <laughs> yeah, I, I said I'd never seen Doctor Who, so it, it could have been anything. It literally yeah. could have been anything, as far as I was concerned. I mean, well, I was, I was, uh, I was twenty six in all actuality, and yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't really sure what what they were going to have it be. To be fair, um, were you expecting Daleks? Is that a fair? I think I heard Daleks were in that episode, but I, I didn't know if they'd be coming out of that sphere thing. I didn't really know what what it was meant to be at that, at that point in time. It's quite a good reveal at the end. I mean, I know we're just sort of jumping back and forth between at the beginning and the end, but I love the way that it's revealed. I think there was sort of, from what I've read online about the episode and stuff, people were wondering if they were going to go the route of like, so season one belonged to the Daleks and then season two was going to belong to the Cybermen and then season three would belong to, I don't know, whoever. Yeah. Well, we know who it is, but we'll, uh, we'll, well get into yeah, that when we start covering. Have, people uh, wouldn't have known at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's a kind of a swerve that they reveal the Daleks in the end, and I really like the way they do it as well. Like it's just after the Cybermen have been revealed, yeah. And then they crank up the soundtrack, and all of a sudden the Daleks' music comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that's very um, well. You know, with leaping miles ahead of ahead of there, but yeah, backwards and forwards through time. Exactly. Someone um, else we get a quick glimpse of is Freema. Argument. Oh, thank you. Yes, bailed me out. Uh, well, what's, apparently, what's up with the names? Yeah. Well, no, I have it written down. I just couldn't pronounce it. <laughs> I didn't forget it. <laughs> I'm not saying I pronounced it right. Hey, do <laughs> The actress who Don't would forget play at Ben books. at Ben Ebert if you've got any complaints to make. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, she plays Martha, of course, in season three. I read online apparently Russell T Davis would have uh, would have wrote her character to stay alive if he'd have realised how good at playing a companion she was going to be. So there's a little yeah. bit of trivia. Uh, she gets um, written off as a cousin, doesn't she? Um, yes. In a later episode on season three, which is fair enough. I mean, I used to get mixed up for one of my cousins, so you can't you can look pretty similar to your cousins so i, I can buy that <laughs> spite my tongue there but um 
So there's a there's only one point. You've got cousins you don't like. So I'm not saying nothing. So, um, <laughs> someone pointed this out as well. This is technically the first story where all three of the doc- the actresses who play the Doctor's companions appear in. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a good uh, thing. I was going to say what other companion, but there, yeah, right at the end. Right um, the again, you like again, you like to see again. You zoom in. I'm piloting the TARDIS, man. I know right? you are. Yeah, you're going that far into the future. We'll be on a season that hasn't happened yet. That's the that, one. That new it's doctor, like... that new doctor played by um, the Daniel Radcliffe, and uh, yes. his companion. Oh, yeah, he'd be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if that happened. You could tune in and be like, "Well, no, we called it. Man. Yeah, we called it fifteen years ago." <laughs> just going to record like. Every British actor's name, and then just, just play the one that inevitably gets played. Oh my God! I can't believe that Rupert Grint got picked to play the Doctor. Or well, Idris Elba. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. He'd be more of a villain, I think. Yeah, yeah. You already butchered Sherlock, so why not butcher the Doctor? Whoa! <laughs> That is fighting tall. I don't even not believe that. Not from me. Just, <laughs> you know, somebody. Again, Ben at Benny, but it's, you know, you think Cumberbatch is the best Holmes of all time. All I'm saying is season one was good. Season four, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Season one and two were good, and then it sort of fell off a cliff. But <clears throat> we're not here to talk about that. Anyway. Well, we will be here gets... to talk about Stephen Moffat one day. But anyway, go for <laughs> Start to get some equipment. Oh no! Well, I'm jumping ahead now. So, um, I don't. Know. Does she get? Does she get a name? Uh, Martha's character in uh, in this or not? I know they make their excuses. Yes, but it's not like she's not introduced. Like yeah, one just shouts it out at one point. Anyway, they make their excuses uh, to go off for a bit of a pash session. Um, they all laugh. Oh, they think we don't know. Did that um, happen? Everyone else's work. Is it just mine where people don't just sneak off to snuff? <laughs> we perhaps haven't noticed yet. But oh, um, yeah, no one's no one's asked me. This is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> but but anyway, yeah. What uh, is is it? The guy who goes disappearing first, and um, you hear some noises, and he comes out with some very familiar-looking ear pods, doesn't he? Yes. Well, you see a Cyberman. Uh, do you like, see like a sil- do you actually see a Cyberman or do you see a yeah, silhouette? Yeah, he wanders in and then she wanders after him, and then a Cyberman jumps out and uh, doesn't doesn't they don't get upgraded but they get this like yeah well like you say yeah. the implant like, yeah like they had in um, Age of Steel isn't it or Rise of the Cyberman I always forget which way round they go. And Rise comes first because you rise. Yeah. First, don't you? <laughs> but yeah, then. So that uh, yeah, and the doctor. There's a Ghostbusters reference, which was great. Yes. Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Even the uh, time love Ghostbusters. I love because the way he just uses. Time. I love the way he just uses any sort of prop to to get stuff done, like the 3D glasses and, and whatnot. It's it's absolute genius. Yeah, those are classic 3D glasses as well, which I love seeing. <laughs> you used to get them in like DVD. <laughs> yeah, the ones that didn't give you migraines. Yeah, they've got the green and red um, colours on them. 
But yeah, he tries to measure what's going on himself, and this alerts his presence to the Torchwood Institute. Who um, do they? What do they do? do I, I must have switched but off the, on that bit. How does he end up going there? He just takes the TARDIS because he, he he manages to track down their location. Ah, that's it. Yeah. And so they go, and then they're watching him on the CCTV cameras, and then they watch him disappear, and then they just assume he's going there. And they give him like a when he comes out of the toilet, they give him like a hero's welcome. Like it's almost as if you'd stepped into the room, Sean. Well, I'm, this is it. It's almost like I'd been introduced on the podcast. You know? I'm, I'm the doctor. We should think you are. And they start like clapping. <laughs> it's quite funny. And because uh, he wants to protect Rose, he he brings out Jackie as his uh, companion. Oh, I just love the bit. I love yeah, the band. A, I love the banter. Line. I just love the banter. Well, she, she looked into the time thing and she aged 57 years, but she'll do. It's like, I'm yeah. 40! I'll be you soon. And he's like, delude. <laughs> Piss off! And he's like, she's deluded. <laughs> there's, the, um, there's a good line before he walks out of the TARDIS wherever it was standing for the stuff that they've got good. Just, and I haven't, which makes me the better person. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a moral high ground. <laughs> <laughs> he also drops um, Alon Z for the first time during that TARDIS flight, mm. which is worth noting because it sort of becomes his catchphrase. It took him a while to get a catchphrase, really, compared to the did, uh, yeah, eleventh Doctor and well, sorry, excuse me, the ninth Doctor. But yeah, I love that. She's got she's got great comic time in the actress who plays um, Jackie Tyler. Oh, to be fair. I'll, Look it up. It's, it's Camille something, isn't it? Yeah. Been in uh, quite a few British films and, and whatnot, actually. She's a very good actress. But, yeah. Um, let's give a few beats here, because I'm my next bits and notes. Uh, we've got the Doctor going downstairs to uh, to see the sphere. And uh, the scientist... Well, Go on, if you've got that, to add. It's worth pointing out Yvonne Hartman gets a proper introduction as well. In yes, this, true, uh, and I think she plays a really good character. She's like yes, a sort of she's... stereotypical snobby upper ass manager who like thinks she's really good with people, but really isn't. And like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. there's also the bits where the doctor talks about, um, like they get they just get shown a lot of this alien tech. Yeah, and it's revealed that Torchwood's kind of like uh, they're not really good and they're not really evil. They're just sort of like neutral and just go where the government points them. Basically. Yeah. Operating in a bit of a grey area, probably the best way to describe them. Yeah, but uh, I like the little scenes you get the uh, like the introduction of the magna clamp or whatever it is, which will become relevant in yeah. the next episode. And a couple of things is also where the doctor finds out that he's a prisoner because it's just brought up very casually because he's named as an enemy by Queen Victoria, and then she says, So he goes, Well, hang on, if I'm an enemy, does that mean I'm a prisoner? She goes, Oh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and again, they steal the TARDIS as well. The doctors just like, you're never going to get inside it. But they're, they're quite convinced they will, aren't they? <laughs> arrogant. Mm. Very arrogant. And yes, they're right. Sorry. So they do end up down in Metro Sophia. No, I'm glad you filled in those blanks. Yeah, they do end up next to the Sophia. And the um, doctor's a void ship. Yeah, uh, but first, uh, I, I like what the you know the explanation the scientist gives. He says, it, you know, it's there, but it isn't there. It's got 
It's got no mass, no weight. It, it, there's no heat or radiation coming from it. It's sort of, it's like a paradox. It's it's there and it isn't there. And yeah, then the doctor explains it's a it's a void ship, and he didn't even think things were possible. And explains it it can um, hide in the space between dimensions, which uh, various beings either refer to as the void or the howling. Or sounds hell. like uh, yeah, sounds like a pleasant place. Not a great place to be. Uh, we also realised... time hell's come up this season. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, we also realised they're, they're in Canary Wharf, which was purpose-built to be the be Torchwood Tower to those in the know. Yeah, which is where they use the bit from The Apprentice that I mentioned mm. earlier as well. When they're Clever. looking out from Canary Wharf. Yeah, it's got a bit of using the real-life stuff and... Again, they could. Um, well, it is a skyscraper in the middle of London. Yeah. It, you know, like people would wonder, well, where is it? Again, you can believe the government would build something and tie it to something when it's, you know, for some else. Yeah. There's a, a bit that I like that comes up where, um, I know you said Martha's character there, um, Addie, Addie's character, I guess one person, takes off one of the guys into the M. Um, like build an area so that he can get his like mind hijacked as well. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of when you watch a horror movie and you can see one of the characters is about to do something really dumb and you're basically <laughs> just screaming at the TV like, don't do it! Do not do that! It's like, it's just like, oh yeah, just walk towards that ominous red light. Don't worry about it. Like, nothing bad will happen. And something bad does happen. Yeah. Um, we get Rose infiltrate in uh, the basement bit where the sphere is and she tries to use the psychic paper, but uh, it doesn't work because they've had special training and whatnot, so uh, it doesn't work on them. Pretty big deal, that. One of the only times I think the psychic paper doesn't work in the show. Mm. There's, a, there's a clever scene where it's getting time for them to do one of their tests and the doctor's trying to stop them and they're not listening. So he, he uses a bit of reverse psychology, doesn't it? Oh no, yeah, what do I know? You you go ahead, go on, <laughs> just go and do it. And that seems to put them off then, doesn't it? <laughs> quite quite clever, I thought. Nothing works yeah, because it's just a bit like of reverse psychology, does it? Yeah, they have this like staring competition across the floor. Mm. And we move on, and then everyone's like, you can't stop us. It's like, oh no, I don't want to, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, it turns out you can't because you orders them to stop, but all our employees have got those earpods in and uh, they're just cranking it up, aren't they? They are that, yep. Start hijacking the system without anybody realising. Mm. And then the doctor's given, sort of, talking with Yvonne about the ship and Rose gets uh, revealed to them. <laughs> and she says to the doctor, is she one of yours? And he says, I've never seen her before in my life. They're all good with a shooter. He's like, oh, no, that, yeah, that's, that's Rose. <laughs> I think they all knew really but it was worth a try wasn't it well yeah uh, shy bands are getting out and uh, yeah the, eventually the Cybermen uh, do do appear um, well, see, they say something about it's a it's a, it's a, it's a takeover or something and the yeah, says, no, it's, cyber- it's too late for that so this the is a Cybermen victory appear. or something. 
Yeah, it is a good line, and I will I'll get to it. But uh, just to give the so they realize that the being like there's the ghost ship things being hijacked, and so the doctor kills them all. Actually, kills the three workers who are mm. being taken over and hijack them so that to an attempt to stop them, but it doesn't work. So he traces the signal to that sort of building area. And then they find the Cybermen. And I just wanted to make a point that I really love these Cybermen. The more I look at them, I think their design's great. Yeah. Uh, they've got, they, like, they sort of nailed the emotionless look from them. Yeah, these are the ones that came through first. The, the advanced guard, he, he tells them. Yes, and then they come back into that into the room where the ghost ship's at and kill a bunch of people. And then you're right, the Doctor, once the Cybermen are all revealed to everyone on Earth, or rather, the ghosts are revealed to be the Cybermen to everyone on Earth. That's when the he drops that line, which is a great line. Yeah. They're invading the whole planet, and he says it's not an invasion, it's too late for that, it's a victory. Um, I always um, love it when it sounds dead. I mean, every doctor's had this, but like, it's hard to put it in a position, but I love it when the story writes. <laughs> like, I, it's. It, I, I can't really think about how to phrase it, but when you can tell the doctor's really got his back to the wall. Yeah. Like and the only other episode I can think off the top of my head that does it is when both is when it's the last Peter Capaldi one where both masters are revealed. Yeah. And it's like it's it's like, oh shit, Doctor, how are you gonna deal with two versions of the masters? Crap. But in the yeah. backdrop of all this, while the world's being invaded, nobody's realised that the Sophia's opening. Yeah, um, the doctor sort of questions the cyber leader. He goes, how have you done it? How do, you shouldn't have the technology to make a void ship. How was it possible? Um, you know the doctor's back against the woman. Even he's not really sure what's what's going on. Uh, the cyber leader tells him uh, what, what you're talking about, basically. That we didn't start that um, void ship's got nothing to do with us. We just sort of latched onto it and followed it through, basically. And the doctor says, well, if it isn't yours, whose is it then? But it's worth noting as well, as they're having this conversation, the Dalek steam starts very quietly in the background. Mm. Uh, as you say, and uh, also, also, one thing we haven't mentioned, Mickey. Mickey shows up as yeah, well. Yeah, I was about to I was, I was about to get to that, yeah. But is it a Cyberman he kills? He, he, he reveals himself. Well, he reveals himself and does the, like, shh thing to, um, to Rose because he's sort of blending in in a, in a lab coat. Uh, he brings out a gun and uh, shoots a Cyberman, and he says, look, it's okay. I, we've, I'm here to, to help you. Yeah, we've, we've beat them before. We'll beat them again. Um, the scientist is like, it's, it's, it's appearing. It's got weight. It's got mass. And yeah, we see it open up. And uh, yeah, it isn't Cybermen that come out of it. It's uh, four Daleks. Yeah. Is that thing of like, oh, the entire Earth's been invaded by Cybermen? How could things get worse? And then <laughs> yeah. four Daleks just <laughs> Piece of pass. Yeah. It's a good cliffhanger as well, especially when you know yeah. Rose, when Rose's life might... It, it's a cliffhanger that works because you know Rose's life might be on the line in this one. So in any other episode, it might have been a bit like, well, there's no way they're going to kill Rose, but there's maybe j- just an inkling of doubt. But yeah, um, second episode uh, opens, and um, yeah, we're in all sorts of trouble, basically. And Rose is very quick thinking, Simpson. Yeah, she is. She's like, uh, I'm sort of, sort of some about knowing the M, but your Daleks and but she just revealed. How can I know that? How can I know that? <laughs> yeah, 
and then the Daleks are intrigued. But then they probably realize that. But it's revealed that yeah, the Daleks spare them because they need a time traveler. Yes, they do. Cause they've got something called the Genesis Arc, which uh, we're not, again, we're not sure what it is. And even when it's revealed to the Doctor a little later on in the episode, he, he has no idea what, what it is either. Both sides have secrets. Uh, yeah, and then it's revealed that it's not even Dalek technology, it's Time Lord technology. And the Doctor's still baffled. Yeah, as you say, both sides have the secrets. He, he doesn't know what a, a Genesis arc is. But it can't be any worse than four Daleks, surely. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But yeah, that's their main... Seems to be their main priority is uh, keeping this uh, Genesis arc safe. And they ask so, which one of them, they also ask which one of you is the least important. I mean, you can tell they're uh, evil pieces of crap for say, for asking that, can't you? Yeah, it's a very, it, I mean, it's it's a good line in this, and it's a very good Dalek line. Like it's something the Daleks would say. Like if the Daleks had to do something like that, they would uh, like evaluate well, which one of us do we need mm-hmm. least. And, and then that uh, scientist gives his life. Yeah, it's a hero status in the Doctor Who trading card game that I used to play when I was younger. Yeah, the effects. The effect. This is probably the worst sort of CGI or special effects in the episode. Is when uh, the Daleks sucker his head to get the information out from him. Yeah. I mean, everything else in this episode holds up really well and is really well done. But that's the one. That's the one, you know nitpicking. That's the one bit of dodgy. Special effects for me. But I'm sorry, right? I can't wait any longer to talk about this scene because the Cybermen <laughs> detect some unknown technology going on in the sphere chamber and they send uh, two, two like Cybermen grunts yeah. to go and figure it out. And then the Daleks send a uh, Dalek there to go and investigate outside. And you have this glorious sequence <laughs> of a uh, conversation between the Daleks and the Cybermen. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. In the red corner, from Scarrow, weighing in at 500 pounds, we have the Daleks. And in the blue corner, I can't remember what colour I said now, um, we have the Cyberman. Dun, dun, dun. It's, it's, rumble in the ju- it's Rumble in the Jungle. But it's not, it's not a one-sided beatdown, though, really. Yeah. But the dialogue between them is great, where the Dalek comes out and just screams, identify yourself. And then the other side of says, says, you identify first, and they just keep going back and forth with that. Uh, Mickey makes yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a comment. I'm not sure if it's a little bit tasteless or, or, or not, but it's like Stephen Hawkins meets the, the talking clock. Yeah. Never know. Never really know what to make of Make of that line. <laughs> Imagine if, like, everyone had just turned to him and been like, God, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> Rose is just like, this is why I left you, Mickey. He's come out with these outrageous How dare you. But the, the Daleks fuck up, was it? Because the side of it says, like, like, our designs are similar, but yours isn't very elegant. <laughs> <laughs> all the things to say and then the Dalek goes Daleks have no concept of elegance because like, oh, you've just told us you're Dalek yeah. did, you, like... did I ever send you that video of um, 
it's just it's called like the bitch fight of Canary Wharf. Which you, if anyone's listening to this, you have to look it up on YouTube. No, no, I don't think you have. Yeah. I'll send you it after this, and I'll I'll link it in the tweet when this goes okay. up, and people can watch it. It's great. It's cool. so funny. But yeah, uh, the Cybermen try to propose uh, an alliance, but the the Daleks aren't having any of that. Um, they um, they tell the Cybermen they are superior in only one way, and the Cybermen, <laughs> what's that? Dying. <laughs> Dalek said was savage as line of all. <laughs> Dalek sounds like the Muhammad Ali of Daleks. He's just got all these yeah. like put downs. <laughs> and um, yeah. The Daleks, uh, the Cybermen, like, but you're four against so many million. You're, yeah, because well, you've got to get, you've got to get the line right because it's great because you would destroy the Cybermen with four Daleks. Yeah, we would destroy the Cybermen with one Dalek. Yeah, I was going to get to that if you gave me a chance. But, oh, yeah. but you didn't get it right. You didn't get the line right, and it's so it's it's a good sequence. You've got to get it word for word. Well, that's not worth it because they sort of tell you how many Cybermen there is. Don't I'm sure. No, I'm not going to recount the entire episode. People can go and watch that. No, no, you can't give me shit for getting a, not getting oh, get the line, want, dialogue line for line, <laughs> and then not doing it. You doing it yourself? I can't. I do what I want. Me. <laughs> I'm the star of this show, Carl. I can do what I want. Uh, yeah, I forgot. That's why we pay you the big bucks. I'm still waiting on that. The check oh. bounced, by the way. I don't know if you've. Hmm. I'll, 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 I'll send you two pound fifty uh, through PayPal instead. Then it's me bus fare, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it it it's good stuff. The the bounce between the Daleks and the Cyberman. Better uh, than now. Put it that way. <laughs> we also see clips of the the Cybermen in all the places they are as well, India and. Uh, Russia and wherever else, just to give you, you know, let you know that they are all over the world. Um, I think I, I sort of, for quite, you know, for a small budget show and a small scale, like sort of thing. I thought they could portray a world invasion fairly well. Like, yeah, well they can do all sorts of a bit of green screen. Um, <laughs> the cyber leader um, demands for surrender. And he can't quite understand why they're fighting back. And the doctor says, well, of course they're fighting back. You're in their home. You've got the wives, the children. Of course they're fighting back. He thinks that, he thinks they should. He thinks humans are just jobbers, doesn't he? That we should just lay down and stare at the lights. Well, he does, but it's worth, it, I mean, it's worth knowing that uh, speaking of jobbers, the Cybermen get treated like that by the Daleks mm. because that doll, the dog that was Donald, I can't speak. Dalek they was arguing with two Cybermen, and he just killed them in one shot each. WWE booking, isn't it? Vince is just burying the Cybermen. Not letting these new stars get a chance. (laughs) (laughs) But it's worth noting, to be fair, is that some people have held that up as a bit of a criticism of the episode, just from stuff I've read online that the Cybermen were dispatched of too easily. I don't know. I think the Daleks are always the, the most deadly villain. It makes sense yeah. that um, the Cybermen wouldn't be much of a match to them in, in my book. No, I, I agree with it as well. Firstly, because I mean, at the end of the day, all the Cybermen are, are like augmented humans. Mm. But the Daleks are supposed to be the greatest war machines. Exactly. Ever yeah. Devised. 
Um, yeah, I agree with it, but I thought it was worth mentioning because it, it is, a, it, even though we don't share it, it is a criticism some people have of the episode. So, but as you say, um, very uniquely for Daleks, they do have names, don't they? Uh, which is brought up a bit more when uh, the Doctor comes comes down t- to see them. But yeah, uh, he called Dalek Faye, Dalek Sat, um, is it Dalek Jest, and Dalek Khan. Yes. So, so perhaps it's AEW because Tony Tony Khan's uh, yeah Tony uh, Khan's in the show. A Dalek. But yeah, it looks like the black the black Dalek Dalek Sept is the one in charge for all intents yes. and purposes. And they're revealed as the cult of Stuck of Scarrow. Another thing. Yeah. Yeah the, doc- yeah, the doctor said, you know, he, he thought they were a legend, but they operate above and beyond the emperor himself uh, to find more inventive ways of killing, he says, in a, a tone of pure disgust. Yeah. That's all, it's all cleverly done. And I think in the end, uh, it's the humans that form an alliance with the, uh, the Cybermen, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite because, a Because uh, they realise... They all they all realise they can't defeat the dots the, the Daleks on their own. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of uh, deal. Yes, and there's a there's quite a clever bit like detail that the Doctor does in this confrontation where he, pl- he plays them both against each other really well because yes. he gives the Cybermen the better guns, which he re- he knows in the, the Cybermen's called logic. They'll think, well, this is good because we'll take the better weaponry, so we'll be able to kill them. But he also knows that the Daleks will see that and think, well, they're the bigger threat, so we'll take yeah. them out. <laughs> so he sort of uses that as a way to play them against each other so that all the humans can survive. Uh, and also, we mustn't forget, we get um, Pete um, coming through the void as well. They've got some little sort of time-hopping devices that their, their own Universe thoughts hopping, yes. developed. Yeah. yeah, this is um, Pete's last episode as well. It's worth noting. I don't see Pete again after this. Do we not? I, nope. You know what? I could have, I could have sworn he was in more episodes, but no, I think yeah, yeah, you're probably right. And we get that. Other, is it, is it Jack or Jake? That, that other guy, the blonde Jake one who was from Rise of the Seven Men, Age of Steel. Yeah, he yeah. shows up again as well. Um, Which makes sense. There's no reason he wouldn't be there. And the doctor tells him, "You what? You know, your wife's in my universe. Uh, your daughter is." Uh, but he's like, "Not my wife." Not my daughter. He's trying to be cold about it, but he—you can tell he's—he's not really—he's not really convincing himself <laughs> or anybody, is he? He's trying to be cold, but you can just—there's just something in his uh, in his cadence that you know he's not—you know—you know he's not even convincing himself on that one. Yeah, but there is also an element of where, of sort of the doctor does try to manipulate them to help them, because in the first. Like when the when they ended up in their universe in Rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel, the Doctor was like adamant when he was saying to Rose, like, "Oh no, he's not your father, and she's not your yeah. brother." Like that. But when he needs their help, he tries to exactly. emo- he tries to emotionally yeah. manipulate them into being like, "Well, no, come on, that's your that's your well, wife, yeah. that's your husband." So I always thought that was quite a. I don't know. It's just, it's weird to see the Doctor like emotionally manipulating people. Um, it's not bad by any means. No. I don't think it's not a criticism. I just think it's interesting because you don't often. He normally plays like the sort of as morally good of a character as he can. But it, it is brought up in um, a future a future Dalek episode when he meets Davros. But I don't, you know, I want to leave that until we until we cover that episode. But um, 
there are some very good points made in a in a speech in that episode. But yeah, um, Pete sort of uses the devices and hops them back to their world, which, uh, their little torchwood bit, and uh, the doctor sort of explains that. Uh, it's having an adverse effect, all this time jumping or dimension jumping on their universe, isn't it? And Peter admits, yeah, since since we started doing it, it's the, the world started heating up and um, things have started going wrong. And I said, you've got, you know, you've got to stop this dimension jumping. A couple more could just end your world, uh, and that plays into the story a bit later on as well, doesn't it? Yes, does that? Yes. There's, I mean, there's quite a lot going on, so just to make sure we're all at the same pace as well, like Jackie ends up being taken away for upgrading as well as Yvonne and just a couple yes. of the other sports with stuff we're lying about. Uh, uh, Yvonne thought... actually ends up being uh, upgraded. Yeah, but she goes into the upgrading saying, I did my duty for queen and country, uh, and that sort of plays in a little bit later on as well. Nice, yes. little, nice little touch. But yeah, Jackie gets saved, and... She meets um, Pete, other dimensional Pete. And I love that they have a nice little exchange. He's trying to convince her, you're not, you're not my wife. And he starts telling her, you know, it worked, all my little schemes. I'm rich. And <laughs> Jackie goes, I don't care about this. Hi, Rich. Yeah, Jackie's great. Very, and he goes, Jackie's a great. Uh... And he goes, very, I don't care about that. Hi, Barry. Jackie's <laughs> yeah. great. She's such fun. She's such a fun character to watch. We get a, a comic timing on those lines is just brilliant. And eventually yeah. they can't resist and they end up uh, sharing an embrace and, and what have you. It's quite sweet as well, though, and it's a moment mm. that feels earned as well. They both, it's nice you know, that they, happens. They both lost each other on their own uh, dimension, so it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It does that, yeah. And it sort of concludes like a, like a sort of story for Jackie as well. So Yeah. Um, and then we get... Get the main event, basically. We get, we get the scuffle in the, the basement as we're talking, the Cybermen and the Daleks and the humans fighting each other. They have a bit of trouble with Daleks, don't they? But they manage to adjust their systems to get their weapons back online. Um, Mickey, of all people, stumbles over and puts his hands on the Genesis arc. Yes, because the dogs um, told them that they'd need a, a touch of a time traveler yeah. attack the thing, which is the one thing the Daleks can't do is touch anything. Physically. Like obviously they can touch yeah. it with the surface, but it needs like skin to metal contact. Well they they all bit their escape. Mickey's apologizing profusely, but the doctor says, look, don't <laughs> worry about it. Yeah. They would have thought they would have they'd have forced somebody to to do it in the end and then killed them. So you've probably saved somebody's life. Uh, he's, he's really he says they're running along this corridor. Oh, I just fell. I didn't mean it. <laughs> Mickey, without us, they'd have opened it by force. And to do that, they'd have blown up the sun so they'd have done us a favour. He just grabs him <laughs> and kisses him on the forehead. <laughs> yeah. so run. The old um, Doctor Who standby of running through corridors. <laughs> can't be, yeah. It can't. So many square feet to open the Genesis arc, so they have to... Um, Levitate, don't they have to um, move? Uh, to open the basement and move it into the sky, basically. Yes, so and they, they up into the well. air. 
it shows the power of the Daleks well. Like there's basically a small army trying to kill them all, and they're just yeah. not faced by it at all. They <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not even paying any. They're not even paying it any mind, yeah. are they? Yeah. Well, they shoot some people here and there, but you get the sense they do that more just because they're the Daleks and they hate people yeah, rather yeah, than they actually like, they casually, casually throw them through. Don't, don't mind us on our Genesis arc. Dum-dum-dum. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so they levitate right up in the air, sort of level the top of uh, Canary Wharf, and the Doctor's still there with 3D glasses. What, what do you think? He's like, what is it? And then it opens up and, and we see that uh, there's a Dalek inside and then one pops out and they, they all sort of start streaming. And another and another and another and another and another. And uh, the doctor just says, it's, um, it's a prison ship. Yeah, time and time like, technology, yeah. And Rose asks him, and when he's in there and he looks at her and says, millions. So yeah, that's uh, not a good stick. sign for anybody. Yeah, but um, it's also worth noting as well. That's just a random side note. It's something I've always thought though about this episode is how, in the parting of the ways, and Rose becomes a god and is able to destroy every Dalek in the universe. And I thought it was quite good how they managed to write in a way that uh, how she didn't spot these Daleks because they existed outside the universe. Yeah. Like it's the type of thing that could have been a it could have been like a plot hole or something. But well, how did Rose not notice when she was a god? Was it, well, that's why because it was outside of her. Yeah. Vision. Just a random side note, but it's just yeah. No, it's uh, I've never thought about that. Actually, that's a a good point to bring up. Um, I mean, I've lost track now. There's also like a sort of it's not necessarily a twist, but it's more maybe of a subversion of expectations because. People are going to be like, well, what's this time Lord science? What's this time Lord science? Because that's what the dogs keep mentioning about the Genesis yeah. arc. And it's kind of a, like it's, I think, don't know if people were expecting, but it makes sense that it's the it's the one thing we know about time Lord science, if anything, is that they can make things bigger on the inside. Yeah. But it's written in such a way that you just don't think about it. No, it's quite clever, actually. And um, in the, in the ensuing chaos, at some point we see the Doctor grab those uh, big mag- magnetic things. Just, um, and he's worked out a way to um, to save the world, yeah, basically. Um, he explains that the 3D glasses, they show him this... Um, what does he call it? Sort of dimensional void stuff. stuff? Void stuff. Just void there. stuff, yeah. And uh, you can see these little bits when you see the... 3D glasses vision, you see there's these old bits floating around people and he says, well, if we can switch this back on anyone who's been through the void we'll be uh, we'll be sucked in. Sucked in and trapped there, yeah. Um, uh, this, they, of course, presents a problem because that, well, what happens to us? Because we've yeah, been through it as well. Everybody's been even through the doc- it. Even the Doctor and even Rose who I think is the only one who hasn't universe hopped in that episode, she, of course, she went through it during Ride of the Sadman, so... Yeah, um, as well. they try and send Rose back with Pete and the others, but she's like, no, no, they're not doing this to me again. And she stubbornly zaps herself back into our reality. Um, Pete's worried about time dimension hopping, destroying their world. So they say, that's it, that's enough. We're not doing it anymore. And he snatches everybody's little um, dimension hopping devices. 
Ah, but that's your daughter. It's not my daughter. I was thought that. I was thought that was cold. It's like, damn, mm. because she's your daughter, not mine. Oh, but he's kind of trying to. He, he's trying to step up and do what's right for the, you know, his planet. Um. So yeah, they switch on that device and it starts sucking the Daleks and Cybermen into the void and the Doctor and Rosa holding on to those big magnet things for dear life. Yeah, and the uh, Dalek set might just do an emergency temple shift. Yeah, I quite like that. Uh, little, uh, it goes emergency temporal shift, which at the time um, I wasn't sure where that would lead, but yeah, it's a nice little escape. And at the time, I thought it was just him, but um, when you get to a future episode, it looks like all all four Daleks are able to pull that one off. The Cult of Scarrow. The good Dalek episode, the next one. Yeah, I quite enjoy that one, actually. Definitely one more colour. Some dodgy, dodgy American accents aside. Um, but yeah, Rose eventually, unfortunately, she can't hold on and let's well, the, go. the lever gets damaged, so the, the lever that they had to like pull up to get the uh, the go shift to go on. I think that's it's in play like it. one of the Daleks gets smashed into it, or something like that, and it breaks that's, it, yeah. and then it yeah, go down it. and push it back up, and she gets pulled into the void. And just as it looks like she's about to get, and then David Tennant delivers a hell of a scream because <laughs> David Tennant's the best. Uh, she gets goes flying towards the void. Pete shows up with his dimension hopper and takes her back. He probably should have gonna... got sucked in himself, really, but he manages to be able to stand firm for long enough. Well, come on, don't ruin a good ending. No, if, you, if you're going to pick holes and stuff, I'm going to. They should be in the void, getting destroyed by Daleks and Cybermen. No joy in Coswell. No, I don't want joy. You're the McCutcheon of this podcast, man, ain't you? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even got to do that. But yeah, uh, anyway, uh, Doctor saves the day, and we get Rose in a in a new dimension. She has these dreams where she can hear the doctor call into her. So uh, they climb in the climb. A soundtrack as well. Yeah. As well, when Rose. Um, and it's quite a nice, sweet scene where the doctor goes up to his bit of the uh, like void wall bit and just puts his head on it, and then Rose does the same on her. Yeah. And uh, it's hey, come on, I'm a you know I'm a sucker for it. <laughs> they meet. They anyway. They meet in a beach in Norway and have a and have a touching moment. Uh, say their goodbyes, and she says, um, "Can you not come through properly?" And he says, "No, I'm circling a is it a sun or a black hole or something to even generate enough power to be able to yeah. move through this much." It's it's burned. It's like he's in orbit around a supernova. That's it. Says. That's it. Just he's burning up a sun just to say goodbye. <laughs> and uh, basically, it's something to the effect of like Rose has got can you not come through properly. And then the doctor says, no, the whole thing would fracture. The two universes would fall into the void. It just goes so. <laughs> um, they also reveal uh, the name where they are, Bad Wolf Bay, it translates to. I don't remember the 
Norwegian name she gave it, but that's quite a nice little Darling, touch as well. Darling Ulfstranden, something like that. Yeah, that'll do. That's close enough. But yeah. Obviously, they realise they've only got two minutes to talk to each other, and it's kind of it's realistic. Obviously, it's not realistic, but it, it's kind of believable where they, they don't know what to say to each other because if, I mean, if you only had two minutes to speak to the person you love, oh, no, yeah. you, like, you probably would be a bit like, well, what, what am I? What do I say here? Like, <laughs> and all, of course, all the, all the doctor could think is say, oh yeah, back home, you're considered dead now. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, doctor. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Jackie's so that does play into the thing what we discussed on our last pod, where um, Satan or the Beast, whatever it was, said you will die in battle. Um, I suppose technically she did, as she's been declared dead on uh, our dimension. Um, she's living now in the alternate dimension. Sure enough. And it's revealed so you know, like the game is as happy an ending as possible in the sense of like Jackie's pregnant and Rose is gonna go and work for Torchwood and something like that. But then Yeah. Rose just breaks down crying, saying I'm never gonna see you again. And the doctor says you can't. And I mean, yeah, it's all quite emotional, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh it isn't spoiler alert, it isn't the last time we see Rose Tyler. Um but yeah, it's it's very emotional. It's very well done. A bit too sappy for my taste, but you know. Oh, I'm a sucker for it, mate. Oh, Ham it up, it. I love it, mate. I hate, I hate, it. I hate it. I do. That's just me from a cold-hearted yeah. piece of work. Well, I'm a sucker for romance. Come, what can I say? But then we get uh, the. Doc- you get the gut punch. You get the gut punch at the end. Yeah. Where well, Rose says, "I love you," and the doctor's like, "Well." I guess this will be my life sentence, is it? Rose Tyler. And he just fades away. Yeah. Like, I, like oh, that. I like that. I don't, I'm not sure the doctor should say it, really. So I, I like that little get out, to be fair. Yeah, and there's, uh, a bit, there's a bit of, it's a future episode where Rose comes back, and I can't help but not say it. I know it's a future episode, but I just love it so much. Of when Rose asks him what he says, because he wants her to stay in that dimension. And he says, well, what did you say? And he just goes cold as anything. I said Rose Tyler. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor doesn't love people. Um, but, it's, but it's nice. It's, it's, left yeah. amb- no, it's left ambiguous. You know, isn't it, obviously? I think that's the best way to do it, personally. And the soundtrack again in that bit as well, after he fades away, kicks it up and it's dead nice and Rose runs to Jackie and... Yeah, I mean, it's sweet. What can I say? At least they got to say. At least they got to say their goodbyes, which is, you know, more than some people get. True. Um, Jackie, uh, not Jackie, rather. Um, David Tennant. That's what I'm trying to say. Gives a nice little sort of performance in the TARDIS, where you know he doesn't completely break down. Yeah. He, he just has a few tears and sort of wipes him and tries to get on with it. Defines his character in a way that, like, he talks about how. Um, Again, it's just jumping ahead, but when he has his last line, I don't want to go. They did three takes of that, and one was where he completely breaks down, and he kind of he, he argues it against using that one because it's not really his character. His character never done that. He never really he never completely broke down. Mm. And I think you see it in this one as well. Yeah, that's all I really wanted to say on that. And yeah. I suppose the final closing bit is 
uh, a bride turns up in the yeah and now we're in the TARDIS he's like what what and that sort of leads Steve Austin and that sort of leads into um, the Christmas episode which we'll be covering next week I assume yep and also um, you also get a little bit if you watch the children need thing you also get a little bit where he ends up with Peter Davison's doctor, and then they incorporate. Is it, the is it the of... Titanic? Is it the Titanic one that's incorporated into? Can't remember now. Yes, it is. So that that's at the end of season three. That's it. That's it. Um, it's great. Jumping ahead, I knew I knew yeah. they did that little thing, but I could, yeah, I'm of course getting the wrong one. So yeah, ignore that until we do season three. <laughs> and all right. Me, that's, that's all I really had to. I don't know. That yeah, well, a really good. I guess the only thing it's worth bringing up is that kind of amazing, really, and that the show was it wasn't fifty years old at that point, but it was about forty years old. And the well, Dawn Coast Cyberman had never, never met. They yeah, never faced off against one another. Considering that two, the show's two most iconic villains. Well, they are in the same yeah. story in the Five Doctors, but they never encounter each other. Yeah, no. That's all I really wanted to add to that. And uh, yeah, I think they, they delivered they, that quite nicely. Do you think they might have done that a bit early in the run, you know, second series? Do you think it could have been saved for a, for a bit later on, perhaps? Well, maybe, but at the same time, I think there's always an element of you never know how long you're going to go. True. I, I, True. I do kind of believe in in the sort of idea of that do the do the you know it sounds stupid but do the cool stuff now because you don't know how long you're gonna go yeah especially when they've still got things in the back pocket so obviously season three had they had the master and then season four they've got davros and things like that. you've, not like you've ruined it you've ruined it well if you don't know about it at this point i don't know what to tell you <laughs> but yeah well all I had to say on it, unless you had anything to add yourself. Well, well, that's, yeah, I think we've covered everything. I think it's a fantastic episode, uh, a 9 out of 10 at the very least. Yeah, probably my my second favourite of the season. Maybe no, I'd no. melt for it and give it 11 out of 10. Maybe. Well, the but it was filmed in London, not the Tokyo Dome, so, you know. Hey. <laughs> All right, well. If you want to catch, uh, catch up with any more Doctor Who pods and check out our back catalogue, you can find us on Rogue Opinion on um, Spotify, Anchor, um, iTunes and Apple Pods, wherever you want to. You can find a podcast on yeah. there. You can probably find our podcast on there. With any luck. Um, we've got a Naked Men Out, a new Naked Men Out with Nathan and Ben. Um, we've got a crown jewel pod up, yeah. So go out and and check what check out check out our stuff. Basically, you can find us at rogue underscore opinion on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at Carlos underscore fire eighty nine on Twitter and Instagram. And Sean, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me asleep waiting to go on my night shift. There you Wait. go. Well, don't be, cre- don't be creepy now. Yeah. Yep, uh, I guess that's it. All right. <laughs> yeah, very simple. I'm never expensive.
Thanks for listening and goodbye.